There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Well, it's good to be back on the Monday edition of the podcast. The Lord's given us a new week on the podcast, and we rejoice in that. Uh, We had a good day yesterday at the folks at Dublin Mills. We certainly are thankful for each and every one of them for the fellowship the Lord's given us these last eight years or so with the church there. And it was our privilege to be able to preach there. Now we're off for a little bit. We've got a few fill-ins here or there. Of course, this Wednesday night, we'll be in Blaine, Pennsylvania, preaching at our home church on Wednesday night. And then uh, towards the the beginning part of February, we'll move up to northern Pennsylvania, move into western New York. Uh, hold a series of meetings in each of those places, and we're looking forward to what the Lord is going to do. And hopefully we can get some podcasts done this week and maybe even the next week, try to get a little bit ahead. And uh, Psalm 119, it should be closed out today. And I've learned a lot in Psalm 119 as we've gone through these passages uh, one by one, each eight-verse segment, two stanzas in each verse. And so really 176, you multiply that, and there's just a tremendous amount of meat that the Lord has let us see in Psalm 119. And I certainly am thankful for the things I have learned. Uh, It's interesting because I have looked at this over and over again, and I believe with confidence I can say that this psalm closes out with a messianic reference, and we see Jesus Christ prophesying in the end of this psalm, and that brought a great joy to my heart to think that all Uh, These words, 176 verses in the last eight verses, are Jesus Christ speaking to me. And what a privilege that is to know that the Word of God, the Son of God himself, would speak to me and minister to my heart. And so let's get into Psalm 119 today. Uh, We're in Shin and Tao, the last two portions of Psalm 119. Each one is eight verses, each verse two stanzas. That's been the precedence. It's been established in Psalm 119 thus far. He says, princes have persecuted me without a cause, but my heart standeth in awe of thy word. When your heart is right, it will stand in awe of his word. When your heart is with him and your heart is towards him, it will cause you to stand in awe of his word. And what a joy that brings to me to stand in awe of the word of God, to know that Jesus Christ would minister to me, to speak to me, but not just to me only. He'll minister to whosoever will, any man that will come unto him, drink of that water of life freely, take of that bread of life. He'll minister to his needs. That's the awe. We stand in wonder. I cannot do justice to that verse, that my heart would stand in awe of thy word. This word of God that has penetrated, it has pricked me, it has cut me, it has wounded me, it has healed me, it has helped me, it has strengthened me. His commandments, his precepts, his laws, his judgments, his testimonies, each and every one of those has spoke to my heart and how we rejoice in the word of God. And then he said, but my heart standeth in awe of thy word. I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil, and that's the unsearchable riches of Christ, that great spoil. When you go to war, you take the spoil of war, that's the rejoicing that our heart ought to find in the word of God. 
I hate and abhor lying, but thy law do I love. And so it's truth. It's always been truth. It always will be truth. Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. And that's seven times. It's interesting that he praises seven times a day. And I won't get into all of that, but you know the sevens and the patterns of sevens throughout the scripture. And we see the praise that's offered up seven times a day. And I would hope that at least seven times a day we praise him. I would say I fall short of that some days. Other days I'm exuberant about that. Other days I'm overboard with that. Uh, But there's many, many days I fall short of seven times. At least seven times a day ought we also to praise him. And praise him in his holy tabernacle. Praise him in his holy place. Praise him in psalm. Praise him in song. Praise him with timbrels. Praise him with harps. Praise him with the high-sounding cymbals, whatever you need to praise him with. But blessed be the name of the Lord. And so would men praise the Lord? And he said, because of thy righteous judgments. That's why we praise him. And then he goes into Psalm 119, one of those great passages. He said, great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. And as a man said to me many years ago, he said, I'm not offended by the word of God. I'm offended by you. Uh, he said, on this wise, you are the offense. Well, he said, nothing shall offend them. And uh, you can't offend a dead man. But Sammy Allen for many years taught us that. He said, how do you know someone's dead? They can't be offended. And so if you've died to self, died to your wants and your desires, people won't be offended. And yet I watch men today, they walk around with pins and needles, preaching on pins and needles, worried about who's going to be offended. Well, if you teach people to love the law of the Lord and, and to love his truth, then they won't be offended. You don't have to worry about offending them anymore. And if you teach them to die to self, you don't have to worry about offending. I tell you, you have to worry about offending and ask people that are too alive, people that are too much into themselves, people too self-centered. And years ago, I preached a message on, do you want a preacher or do you want a professional? And it was received with gladness by some, received with disdain from others. Those that wanted the professional despised it. Those that wanted the preacher loved it. And it just went through the word of God and showed them men of God. Nehemiah, that great man of God, when he grabbed their hair and their beards and plucked the hair off of them and which smite them, they would go, oh, he's disqualified for ministry. But he wasn't. He was God's man. And he didn't just do it out of anger. He did it in judgment. He did it in wrath. And yet we see Elijah, that great man of God. And we see Elisha, the great man of God, they you know, had the prophets slain. And God, Elijah called down fire from heaven and then it slew the prophets of Baal. And people said, today, oh my, he's a bloodletter. Oh, he's a, he's, a, he's a brawler. He shouldn't be in the ministry. Uh, Go up, thou bald head. And those she-bears came out of the woods and tore those children in pieces. And today they say, oh, how could he be a man of God? Well, great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. Noah Webster, back in the 1820s and the early 1830s, he modified a King James Bible to his own hurt, to his own destruction. And what he did is he took a prudent look at a King James Bible and then took a puritanical ideal and he applied it to the King James Bible, changed the text. It was no longer a King James Bible. It was the Noah Webster Bible. But what he did when he changed it, He took out the references he thought were rude or crude or uh, sexual references and watered them down and changed them because he didn't want people, frankly, to be exposed to that. But if God said it, let it be true. 
God calls a, a, a man a whorish woman. She's a whorish woman. God calls a man a fornicator. He's a fornicator. God calls a man an adulterer. It's an adulterer. If a man spilled a seed upon the ground, guess what? He spilled a seed upon the ground. And if a man laid with a woman, he laid with a woman. The Bible is very clear. It uses terminologies that are very clear, very concise, and puritanical correction has no place in the word of God. But people are so easily offended. It's amazing. They'll watch television programs with indecent women and indecent language, and, and they'll watch all the hellishness that Hollywood produces, and they won't be offended. But then you go to the house of God, and the preacher uses words out of the Bible about a man pisseth against the wall, and they get offended. Talk about it. Take, with thy, ease thyself abroad. You take that, that shovel base on the end of your spear. You dig a hole. You bury it deep. Uh, because God is, is a holy God. He walks in the midst of the camp. And you talk about that, and people either get giddy and get giggly because they're foolish-minded, or they get all offended by that. Why? Because the word of God. And that's why I said, great peace that they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. I've heard men swear in the pulpit. I mean, use absolute profane words. I knew a man who had to sit down in his church for about two months and wasn't able to preach anymore because he used profanity, words I would not use in the pulpit, but I wasn't offended by that. Uh, many in the congregation were didn't offend me. I felt bad for the man. He was just speaking his mind, and what he said was probably true. It was just a bit overboard because he was speaking about another individual, and he called him some pretty choice words from the pulpit. And But I didn't get offended by that. But yet people are looking for that offense today. Not if you love the law of God. You won't be offended by these things. So great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimony, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies, for all my ways are before thee. Now, when I got to the end of this section, I realized that the only person that could say that would be Jesus Christ, kept all his ways, all his commandments, all his testimonies. That's why he loves them. He said, I hope for thy salvation, the deliverance of his soul. My soul hath kept thy testimonies. I love them exceedingly. And Jesus Christ, the righteous. And as we go into the last part of this in the towel, he says, let me cry. Let my cry come near before thee, O Lord. That's one of those key words we look at in Messianic Psalms, the cry of Jesus Christ. And he says, O Lord, give me understanding according to thy word. So verse 161, his heart standeth in awe of thy word. Verse 162, I rejoice at thy word. 163, thy law do I love. 164, thy righteous judgments. 165, thy law, 166, thy salvation, 167, thy testimonies, 168, thy precept and thy testimonies. And then he says, can you give me understanding according to thy word? Again, the word of God, the importance of understanding that all of this is about Jesus Christ in the volume of the book it is written of me. And we see him in these last couple of verses when he says, let my supplication come before thee, deliver me according to thy word. There's another one of those key words all through our Messianic Psalms, deliver me, deliver me, save me. Why? Because his soul's been made an offering for sin. His body's in the grave. He's awaiting the hope of the resurrection. He believes in the power of the resurrection. He's delivered by his own faith. He believes, therefore, has he spoken, he knows that God is going to raise him up. He knows that God is going to deliver him. He never doubts. He always believes because he's kept the word of God. He's kept the testimonies of God. He's kept the precepts of God. He's loved the law of God. He's delighted in the law of God. Therefore, God delivers him by his own faith. 
Verse 171, my lips shall utter praise when thou hast taught me thy statutes. My tongue shall speak of thy word, for all thy commandments are righteousness. Let thine hand help me, for I have chosen thy precepts. And then verse 174, he says, I have longed for thy salvation, O Lord, and thy law is my delight. Oh, to long for his salvation. Oh, to long for the glorious appearing of Jesus Christ. It's an obligation of every saint of God to look for his coming, to long for his coming. Every one of us saved by the grace of God is obligated to look for his imminent return. And my friend, I believe he's coming. And I myself find myself caught up in the affairs of life, things in this world, things with family, things with children. To lose sight of that, but all oh, when the Lord reminds us, when the Lord shows us his salvation, when the Lord shows us that Jesus Christ is coming again. That's why he said, let my soul live and it shall praise thee. That's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And his soul then did praise the Lord. He said, and let thy judgments help me. In verse 176, our last verse of Psalm 119, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant. For I do not forget thy commandments. You say, how could that be Jesus Christ? Well, he's separated from the Father. The Godhead has been rent asunder at this point. Jesus Christ, his spirit's with the Father, his soul's in hell, his body's in the grave. He's prophesying. He's speaking to the prophet. He's speaking by the Spirit of Christ. And yet he's speaking that the Lord would not forget him, that lost sheep. Why was he a lost sheep? Because he was of the Son of God. He was the Lamb of God. Yet his soul was offered for sin. And then a hope that you and I also, the lost sheep, might come to Jesus Christ. In that parable, Jesus Christ spake concerning the lost silver, how that woman swept the house until she found that lost sheep, how that shepherd searchly found that one lost sheep, more than 99 just ones having no need of repentance. And then the beautiful end of that story is the lost son. That prodigal son went into the far country and fed himself with the husks. And listen, I don't fall out with a man. They can preach that as a relationship with Israel and the father. They can preach that as a relationship between a father and a son. They can preach that as a lost man. They can preach that as a backslidden man. They can preach that however they want. It doesn't bother me. It stirs me to read that passage, to see that son return to the father, see the father bestow that honor upon the son. Why? Because he brought the best robe. He brought the ring. He killed the fatted calf. He laid that robe upon his son. He loved his son. He kissed his son. And in the grime and in the filth of the hog pen, he saw his son a ways off and he ran to where he was and greeted him and kissed him and loved him and cared about him. That's why we preach these Psalms. That's the key to Psalms. Understand it's about those lost sheep. It's about those ones out there in the darkness, wandering, cold, and desolate. It's about those without hope and without Christ. It's out those in a lost and a dying world with no hope in this world but the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you tell somebody about him? Would you tell somebody about the podcast? Let folks know. Thank you for staying with us through these 176 verses of Psalm 119. We certainly do hope and pray that it's been a help to you. There's a lost soul who's tired of his sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord, as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. 
You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing.